2: welcome to the true beauty brooklyn podcast i'm elizabeth taylor and i'm alex shapiro we're estheticians in williamsburg brooklyn and we work with really incredible diverse ambitious and driven people who are killing it in life they deserve to be celebrated and on this podcast we're going to be sharing their stories with you
0: yeah and in between our interview episodes we'll have beauty school where it's just the two of us maybe some guest stars and we'll be chatting about beauty life Weird shit about being in your 30s and learning more about one another because that's what makes us more similar than different.
2: Also, we're a lot of fun and we have a super multicultural community and we kind of think that you might too. So
0: why not talk about all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Plus, we'll be answering listener questions. So be sure to write us at truebeautybrokenpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, let's jump into the show. (laughs) The people that are 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 the people
1: that are the people 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 that are are
2: the people that are 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 the people
0: that are the people 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 that are Oh, hey guys. Hey. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. Welcome. It's Elizabeth. And Alex. And we're coming at you guys today with a beauty school episode. Yes. Wait, real fast. I just had this funny thought. Yes. We had a review. Someone left us a review, I think, on Apple Podcasts saying that basically that they didn't like you and that you should listen to the show just for me, oh, Alex. Oh, God. And... I thought it was fucking hilarious. I'm like, okay, yeah, try to get through the show and not listen to Elizabeth at all.
2: <laughs> Joke's on you, motherfucker. <sighs> that's not very nice. You think that I'm a very nice person, and if you don't like me, you can just fuck
0: off. <laughs> I think that's because you're laughing or something.
2: I mean, there's lots of reasons to not like me. I get it. No, but, um... fuck that. But I thought it was
0: hilarious. Just now I'm like, um, literally, she opens the show.
2: So, like, So you just don't like the show, you mean?
0: bye-bye oh, I feel
2: like this is such a bad way to start the show no I it's think so it's negative. hilarious really <laughs> all right well hilarious. if you guys are still sticking around here's another episode with big old dumb Elizabeth
0: <laughs> um it's also like Elizabeth loves to talk look it's what I do so if you want to try to like listen to an episode and fast forward through Elizabeth good fucking luck
2: I mean <laughs> it's just gonna be you jumping in and saying cock and balls every now and then <laughs> Schlong. and <laughs> shlong, you know <laughs> There's not much content, I feel like. I thought that was funny. Anyway, guys, so we have today um, one of our dear clients, Claire Autran, who is um, a financial advisor. She's also the Witch of Wall Street, which I love. Oh yeah, that's her
0: Instagram name.
2: Um, so Claire's here because she just like, actually, this is really funny that her and Sydney came in around the same time into the shop. And I was just like, you want to come talk about money on the podcast, girl? And she's like, what do you mean, my favorite? So we invited her on to teach us about personal finance, being a bad bitch, taking care of ourselves into the future, financially, all those things. And
0: also how the times are a change in. And even if you don't have a lot of money, if you don't have wealth, you can seek out a financial advisor to help you. Yeah. And I think they're few and far between the ones who want to help us common folk, but they're out there. And I did not know that. I assume that if someone has a financial advisor, that means they have bajillions of dollars yeah um, and but Claire would... is trying to change that
2: totally totally and it's also like people who don't have bajillions of dollars that need to financial advisement so that we can get to bajillions bill- of dollars which is I think what she says which she makes such a good point of saying mm-hmm. yeah for sure so that's it from me that's it um, enjoy this episode guys with uh, our friend the witch of wall street aka Claire Autran
1: i'm claire otron and i have a financial planning practice based out of midtown manhattan so um, i'm really
2: really excited to have you on because you and tell me if you're wrong if i'm wrong but one of the first times that we met, you told me that you were in the financial services industry, and your your specialty lies in helping women become financially independent so that if they are child free, they can take care of themselves into death, essentially.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was gonna say into like retirement, but it's like beyond retirement. you want to be able to take care of yourself until you die, right? Because usually that's what your kids or your husband or somebody else is generally helping you you know, through the end of life. But I'm child free. Alex is child free. A lot of our listeners are child free. And so when you kind of said that, I was like, bitch, you're right. Who the Who's taking care of me? <laughs> you're absolutely <laughs> right. Like, how are we going to figure that out? Um, is that correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, so I, I work a lot with like strong, independent, career driven women. Um and when I started my practice it was it was really mostly all women who are my clients I've expanded quite a bit now and have some men in the mix as well which has been fun to kind of like switch it up but yeah I I work a lot with women yeah who don't have kids and and they're thinking about okay well what happens when I retire what happens when I'm older um and so I sort of help guide them through a holistic plan to you know, make sure that they're taking care of themselves.
0: This is awesome. I love-,
1: <laughs> I, know,
0: like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Because like what you said, Elizabeth, I feel like it is very traditional for, you know, someone gets older and I don't know, I guess that at one time there was the assumption that you had kids or you had a spouse and so you didn't have to worry so much because it wasn't just you, but like, what if it is just you and you, I mean, I guess the first step is, like, ha- talk to someone like you, someone who can guide you, because it's like, as we were talking about earlier, it's like, we don't know. Normal people don't know how to manage their finances, whether they have a lot of money, a little money, mm-hmm. in between, whatever. And I think it's just really important, especially as women, because, you know, traditionally, we aren't in charge of our money when yeah. you think about it. And oh yeah, it kind of is a newer concept and it's an even newer concept to like be vocal about maybe not wanting to get married or not having kids. And I think it's just important to be able, and obviously other things had to shift, you know, like women making enough money to be able to fucking do stuff on their own, get a credit card on their own, yeah. do anything on their right. own. Yeah. But, um,
1: yeah, it's been super exclusive for women for so long. I mean, I think it's only just now really starting to change. Um, For sure, but yeah, it's really uncommon. I'm the only female um on my team, so no way, yeah, will you
2: tell us a little bit about your journey into this industry if you if you're comfortable with that because I think that your story was really, really remarkable, and it really was what made me be like, okay, we need to speak more to this woman because it comes from a place of uh, concern, but also you have skin in the game. You went through some a life-altering experience financially that brought you to this um, sphere.
1: Yeah, it was a big pivot for sure. It was one of it was a COVID pivot. So prior to working in finances, I worked in the arts. Um, I've been in performing arts school since I was like uh, in middle school, um, and you know I have an acting degree. Um, I never thought about doing anything different. Um, so I was working in the music industry, in the acting industry. I had a show that I had written that I was supposed to perform, um, on March 12th. So like the day after all of Broadway and off-Broadway shut down, um, it was supposed to be at Lincoln Center. It was a one woman show called Half-Life. Um, and I was like in my final dress rehearsal when they came in and they shut it down. And, um, all of a sudden, yeah, I was unemployed and I hadn't been unemployed since I was 14. Um, I've always had a job. I've always worked. And money has always been something very anxiety-driven for me. Um, It's been something where I've had a lot of fear and shame and guilt around it. And I think that there's, like, really two parts of finances. There's the analytical part, right, which Mm -hmm. is the numbers. And then there's this emotional side, and they're equally, you know, important, and they're equally valid. And we have to really dissect both to make a comprehensive plan. But yeah, essentially I was on unemployment and I started investing all of my unemployment into the market and just researching and trying to figure out like what is this made up finance language that is so clearly made up by like cis white men you can just tell and it's so non intuitive. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly, it's so non intuitive. Um, and I just started learning about it and I was like, wow, this is sick. Like, why <laughs> didn't anybody, you know, teach me this? Why, you know, and I started talking to my friends and it was, you know, all the same thing. None of us, you know, had a you know foundation of financial literacy. And so I was really focused on the growth side, right? Um, wealth accumulation. And then in June, I'm guessing, Elizabeth, this is what you're referring to, My dad passed away pretty suddenly. Mm. And it was, man, like something that people do not talk about enough is um, the sort of what I would refer to as like the paperwork part of grief. Mm -hmm. Um, And just how much shit um, has to be taken care of and has to be done, especially if someone's in a, you know, not super stable place or. You know, if it's if it's complicated, they don't have things in order. My dad was on disability and disabled, you know, Mm -hmm. for the last since since I was 13. Um, So there was a lot of a lot of stuff, you know, to deal with and estate stuff to deal with. And once again, it's just like the resources. How where do you start? How do you kind of work through it? Um, And so I felt like I got this like master's degree in, you know, risk management, estate, you know, dealing with all of that, dealing with probate court, dealing with lawyers, you know, figuring out, you know, we had to pay my dad's mortgage for so long because we didn't, there was no will. So we had to go to probate court before we could even put the house on the market. And mm. it's just a mess. And, and my dad being a disabled person was so taken advantage of in so many ways. Mm. So at that point I was like, well, damn, I've got all of this useless knowledge. Now, (laughs) what am I gonna do with it? Um, And I thought about going to grad school. And I was talking to someone at admissions um, at Columbia. And I'm so glad I connected with this woman. I don't know. I like she was just whoever was on the admissions line. I don't know her name. Um, She basically told me she was like, you know, you probably don't need to go get a full degree you just need your licensing, you just need to get licensed, right? Um, and she was like, you can probably get a firm to sponsor your licensing. Oh, wow. And I was like, there's no way I have an acting degree. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> there's no right. way. right. And yeah, I don't know how I got my foot in the door. But I did eight hours of interviews and, and they took a, a, sh- a chance on me
2: wow Whoa. that's so i love that story
0: i love that story too i'm sorry that it had to come from like a sad place i know but, but i that you got I'm to turn that into like fuck all this shit yeah i'm gonna do whatever i can to make sure i never have to deal with this again that none of my clients will ever have to deal with this again or anyone in my remote vicinity right mm-hmm. right totally right. exactly
2: so I guess let's let's open up the conversation. Well, you can open it up however you'd like to open it up, but I feel like probably from the beginning is the easiest like if we were coming to you as your clients, like what would kind of be like the first things that we would that you would like talk to us about? How would we first introduce? Like, as if we're four-year-olds. Well, maybe not four-year-olds. Four-year-olds with a checking account.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So my process, like, the first conversation is super low-key, super introductory, right? Because if we're going to build, like, a long-lasting relationship and we're going to talk about your finances, which is essentially, you know, like, your security, we have to, like – make sure we like each other. right? And so, you know, the the first conversation really, like, and and there's trust that obviously has to be built along the way and all of that. But the first conversation, I just like to get a sense of where people are currently in their financial journey and where they want to go. So we talk about, you know, short term goals of that are personal, professional, um, financial, they're all so intertwined. And then we talk about midterm and long-term goals. And I'll kind of ask some like very telling questions, right? Um, so I always ask people like, is there, is there anyone in your life that might be financially dependent on you one day, even if it's not kids, you know, if it's parents or, you know, siblings or whatever it is, everyone has such a different situation um, and get kind of a, a feel of where you're at and where you want to go. Then I take about a week um, to turn around a plan, and I make a very, very tailored plan based off of your situation of recommendations of what I would do if I were in your shoes. Typically, we'll go through like a monthly budget sheet together in the first conversation because most people have never done a monthly budget sheet or you know, aren't gonna do one on their own. I certainly wouldn't. It's much easier to go through with someone just guiding you through it. Like, how much do you spend here? how much do you spend here? No, really. you know? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, based off of what's left over and what your goals are, whether it's you want to buy a house, or, you know, you're gonna have a wedding, or you want to have kids, or you want to get out of debt, or whatever it is. um, And I make a plan and come back and show it to you. And at that point, um, you know, I get feedback from you. And, and we work together to make it, you know, comfortable and suitable. And, And something you're going to stick to because, you know, everything can look really good on paper. But honestly, it takes about a couple months to really find out is the plan that we're trying to put in place actually realistic.
0: Mm. Yeah. Also, uh, assuming that your clients are in New York City, I feel like we live in a place where it's very easy to spend money and very easy that if you're on a budget to just like quickly get off track. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know. We I, I mean, we already live in a consumer culture, but I feel like here, holy shit.
2: You can't leave the house without spending money. Oh, my God. Sometimes know? it's really you need like... You a sip of
0: water or to pee. Water's,
1: <laughs> I know, you're inner, like, water's oh. going out one way
2: or another. You got to pay for it.
1: <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I feel like in New York, yeah, you can't leave your house without spending $100 by accident. Yes, like... honestly. It's <laughs> so weird. I'm like, it's I so weird it's how so that just embarrassing. happens. embarrassing. It's true. But
0: it really is true. The way that you do this with your clients, is that kind of something that you've created? Or the place that you work at? Is that kind of their way of doing things? And you've kind of like learned from that and maybe made it your own?
1: Yeah, I've definitely learned from a lot of like amazing career advisors, um, and then and then made it my own as well, for sure. I definitely did not invent the wheel.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's also very important that you come from a place of, you know, your dad was disabled. He obviously did not have a plan in place. You said he didn't have a will. I think that that's really common Mm -hmm. and people maybe don't really talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just nice that you have experienced things that aren't traditional and you can probably guide your clients in a way Mm -hmm. that is more personable to them. You know, instead oh, of yeah. just, I don't know, I guess when I think of like, wait, so is your position financial advisor?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: I guess when I think of a financial advisor, I just kind of think of like this person who is wealthy and knows what to do with money. So they're going to guide other people not thinking like you have no idea where this person fucking came from. <laughs>
2: Or, like this is somebody who well, the reason too that I want to speak with you, Claire, is because you specialize really in like working with minorities, women, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the queer community, and mm-hmm. like you have a stake in the games, you know it's like yeah. you're, you're like from I'm a different angle exactly you're just like, I know what it is to live among these like to live like you live, like I am you and we probably have like the same amount of money generally coming into this. And so it's different when it's like exactly as Alex was saying, like I picture like a daddy Warbucks, like, but fatter type of guy. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just like, like judging
0: the shit out of yeah, me totally. uh-huh. for like, you know, the cocktails that I'm spending. My right. On. It's
2: different when somebody's like looking at you being like, girl, I live the same life as you. We got to figure this out together.
1: Right. And when we identify sometimes a shopping habit, let's call it, or something (laughs) that maybe is it serving you the way that, you know, you want it to be. Um, What I really try to do with people is like, let's get to the root of that. Like, what is that? Why is that happening? And and it always ties back to something, you know, Mm -hmm. always. And, you know, I did a lot of, um, I've been part of this organization uh, since I was like 11 called True Body Project um, that was founded by this woman, Stacey Sims. And she does a lot of like integrated trauma healing for young women. And I helped, you know, teach a course. I did my teacher training through her and we identify, you know, traumas, anything that happens to you that you can't process. Right. Mm. And for a lot of people, forms of debt can be a you know a type of trauma and Mm -hmm. unfortunately money is something we have to coexist with it's something we have to integrate you know into our lives and and figuring out how to do that because it's so easy to just be like I'm gonna bury my head in the sand and it'll go away Mm -hmm. but a lot of times the numbers on paper are a lot less scary than they are when they're like in the abyss Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah totally I mean, money is scary and yeah, I think a lot of people, whether they come from money or not, have like a fucked up relationship with it and whether that means that they overspend or maybe they're so frugal mm-hmm. to a fault you know
2: yeah i think that just comes i mean i know we were speaking about this earlier today but i really think that comes from just like a lack of understanding like if you understood like how many things seem scary until you understand the way that they work and then it's just like that's fine an engine sounds very scary when you think about like the combustion like gas creates a combustion which forces this thing to go forward and then and that's what creates energy to make the car move like that sounds terrifying but like when you're just driving the car, because you've done it enough, and I guess Sydney was using the same—I can't pretend like, yeah. this is my fucking analogy. This is our friend's <laughs> analogy. <laughs> like, like, it. It, like it's not that scary. And I think money—it's kind of exactly what you were saying when you think about it, and you think about it in its most, I guess, like primal way,
0: and it's in this way we don't understand. It's really fucking scary. Well, also like how you had dug deep, learning about the stock market, you know. We aren't taught these things. Yeah. And so once again, we feel like they aren't for us. Yeah. And right. You know, it's it's not right. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: you know, I don't know. I just feel like these things are hidden from us.
0: Yeah. For a reason, yeah. right?
1: I, I made this connection. And I think it ties so much into what you're saying, where it was like, mm-hmm. it wasn't until I was unemployed that I had the time to get my money shit together. Like how wild is that mm-hmm. like I had to be unemployed to have time a full-time job to learn
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: because otherwise like that's what happens like nobody has time mm-hmm. if they're you know working to also be managing their personal finances and researching tax law strategy and tax efficiency it's impossible
2: yeah yeah it really is a fucking full time job. Okay, I don't yeah. want to be illiterate anymore. Like I'm <laughs> done being a dumb dumb. I want to be financially literate. If you, if like, if I were to walk in and say, Claire, teach me how to read, what would you say? What's next? I guess because first you said, all right, let's sit down with the budget. What's next after the ABCs?
1: <laughs> yeah. So after I get a sense of your, you know, where are you at, I'll put together a plan, and and it really depends on on people's situation. Sometimes. We're just figuring out how are we going to pay off this debt, Mm. right? Like, how are we going to pay off this debt? And how are we going to get you an emergency savings fund? Mm. Because every person, especially every woman, needs an emergency savings fund, Mm -hmm. right? You have to be able to have three to six months of living expenses in your back pocket so that you can leave a situation if you don't want to be in a situation anymore. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, if you're out of work, you can buy yourself time to find something that you enjoy before having to like jump right into something so that, you know, whatever it is, your car breaks down, you get sick, no matter what it is. Like those are our first two steps. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is going, you know, anywhere. until so we really check those off. Yeah. And then I'm going to look at like retirement. What do you, you know, I always ask people who have you seen retire well, and who have you seen retire not so well, mm. or, you know, have you seen anyone retire? And what does that look like for you? And I find with, with women, a lot of times, you know, I'll hear people say, Oh, I don't imagine I'll ever retire. Mm. Or, you know, I, I, and I always challenge people on that, you know? And so I'll, I'll put together a retirement analysis for you. If you want this amount of income at this age, taking into account inflation And you have access to these accounts, and they grow at this percent, how much do you need to put in monthly Mm -hmm. to get there? And also, if you waited three years, Mm -hmm. how much would you have to put in monthly, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, I like that, because you kind of give them a, a chance to not regret (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. You know what I mean it's, it's true It's because like Look I think especially with money It's like What's here right now What's here right now Who's trying to take it How can I hold on to it Whereas And it's hard Especially if Like look I didn't grow up Wealthy by any means By any stretch of the imagination Like We grew up Pretty much paycheck to paycheck Until my parents Got to a point Where like their education Was to a point Where they can get a better job Right mm-hmm. So the idea of like next week or next year when you're living paycheck to paycheck, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? I need this stuff today. But when you say, yeah, but in three years, it could be this, that's a different story. Then you're showing somebody else something different than just like, well, what about next year? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: And I think like it goes back to like, you know, the idea of the financial advisor and the suit and like only working with super wealthy people and, I think if we unpack that a little bit it comes down to that most advisors are commission based right and so mm. what most people think is they think okay if I want to build a successful practice that means I have to have high net worth clients right mm. however what I what I said to my company is it doesn't necessarily matter how much someone makes it really doesn't if you have a client who makes half a million dollars a year and they spend half a million dollars a year guess what like They're they're not a great client, but if you have someone who makes $50,000 a year or $30,000 a year or whatever it is, and they're coachable, they want to learn, and they're, you know, good at saving because they've had to be, Mm. then you grow together. You're going to grow together. Mm -hmm. And so it just, I had to prove that the opportunity existed.
0: Right, interesting,
1: oh, but I it's love true. this. oh okay. I
0: look at you. Well
2: yeah, and I yes, look at you, but two is you're kind of you're proving that we need more people like you out there in the world because you see what what banks don't necessarily see and, and that's potential. So, I guess like where do we go with that? How I, else do people that are like lower potential greater what it is that you're describing? I don't want to say that we're like <laughs> lower potential, but how do people? Find people like you, I guess, who like believe in us and the rest of us. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think it's I I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one out there, but it is hard to find. It is hard to find because, you know, a lot of people don't have like I remember saying to when I was interviewing like, OK, well, if you think that your advice is that good, then you should feel confident that you can work with someone and you can you know, work together, and they can become your ideal client. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, how good does your how does your advice have to be if someone's making, you know? Yeah. And, know. and there's work to be done there. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I do say, like, I do work now as my practice has expanded with some physicians and some, you know, higher net worth people, and, and it's great. You know, they help keep my practice afloat, you know, right. for sure. And And there's work to be done there, too. However, where my like heart is and my passion is is really serve, serving the community that I relate to.
0: Yeah, totally because and this is where it all comes back to like, oh, this isn't for us because I traditionally, yeah, I think any sort of financial servicing Um, or financial advising for someone is someone who makes a lot of money because where in my mind I'm just like uh I'm the one who needs help because I don't make that much money and I need to to learn how to grow my money yes you know where right and like you said not that not that people making a lot don't need guidance I think of course they do it's probably so easy when you're making shit tons of money to just spend it frivolously and really fuck up your finances but um I guess what I really mean is that everyone deserves a chance to have someone advise them on their finances because everyone has goals for the future. I mean, I don't think anyone is dying to work for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just I think it's really great what you're doing and really different. And and sure, maybe there are other people who do it, but I don't know. I haven't heard about them.
1: (laughs) I mean, my mom like my mom went to go see a financial advisor, and like I'll never forget this. And she was turned away because she didn't make enough money Mm -hmm. you know that's something that happens just you know you just don't make enough money to be part of my clientele like that's a response that some people give and it's just that's so shocking Mm -hmm. to me you know I just I never want to you know turn anyone (laughs) away because of that it just feels like so the root of the problem totally yeah damn I
0: honestly okay. Listen, I, my mind's just blown because I didn't even know that someone who re- makes regular money could see a financial advisor. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I had a client talk about. She kept mentioning her financial advisor, and I was like, "Girl's got a lot of fucking money, but mm-hmm. she might not. Mm-hmm. She might see someone who maybe is just okay with working with a client who isn't super duper wealthy." And- she might see me. No. <laughs> she, <laughs> might, she might. You know, and and now. You know, I'm readjusting my brain to, like, maybe not judge someone when they say they see a financial advisor. Yeah. <laughs> they could be a regular fucking person. But um, I don't know. I just I guess, again, like from like you said, that money's are always been like a source of anxiety for you. It has been for me, too, forever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm 33 years old and I it's still and it's like the reason that I, you know, penny pinch sometimes and the reason I've been so strict about, like, getting my credit score up because it's like. If I control those things, then I won't be as anxious. But you know what? I'm still anxious about it, and I think it's because I've never talked to a professional about, I don't know, just like what do I do with my money? How do yeah. I make it so that I can retire? It's in some sense of the word. And
2: well, it's because I- it's obvious that there's rules that somebody knows, right? It's obvious that there's well, maybe it isn't that obvious, but yes. I-, I
0: think living in New
2: York City, like we live in a place where we have the top one percent wealthiest people in the fucking world in the world not even in the city not in the country in the world living in this city so the amount of wealth that you see is so fucking great that it's like you don't believe it until you see it and it's only that I've lived here long enough and I've, I've moved in enough circles that I've seen just like not even the tippity top not even the, not even nowhere near it do you know what I mean just like below mm-hmm. the like whatever so in seeing those things to me something clicked there's rules here and bitch you don't know them they know them but they're not privy to you. There's something that's going on that's making all this shit work. And so right, I guess generational wealth. Yes. And I guess that's yes, what our and, and, and it's not just sitting in the savings account, right? It can't just be that they just no. work and work and work and work is there anything that you can share with us and even if it is just the norm because sometimes I think that these are things that everybody knows but people don't know shit so share whatever you'd like to with us yeah maybe
0: a good first step for people who are just very clueless
2: yeah about like investing or about specifically like even if it's like a book to
0: read honestly totally
2: (laughs) yes yeah let's just start with that yeah or like
1: tell us anything is it a book (laughs) I mean, truthfully, what I, I first of all, like the fact that this isn't part of our education system, like I just have to, I just have to touch on that, because that is so wild. Yeah. And it, it, it has to be intentional. Oh, it has Yes, to be intentional,
2: yes, yes. Right? Like, yes.
1: the fact that we haven't solved that and the, and the people who know, yeah, you're right. They know because They probably grew up talking about it at the dinner table, Mm -hmm. you know, or I, you know, that is not what my family was talking about at the dinner table, Mm -mm. you know, and my dad's from France and, you know, my mom's from here. So it's just, you know, different circumstances, all of that, Um, different ways of viewing it. Um, But yeah, as far as like basics, some things that, you know, are just like important to know what I talk about with my clients all the time is inflation. Mm. Right. Like, really, what is inflation and how does it work? Well, currently, inflation is about two to three percent. Right. If you have your money in a savings account with Chase, Bank of America, Citibank, you know, what are Wells Fargo? I don't care. You're probably getting point zero one percent. hmm on what you have in that account. Inflation's two to 3%. I mean, you're not even keeping up with inflation. By having your money just sitting in savings, you're losing purchasing power. Whoa! yeah, so mind- there are. No,
2: it's mind it's mind blowing when you say it like that. I know this, like,
1: but my money's
0: still sitting in. A that's what, exactly because <laughs> Alex, Alex, is, Alex
2: is sitting there nodding your head like, yeah, that's what I'm like. You saying, yep, yeah, it's, but we're all doing it. It's like by keeping your, like, I need everybody to recognize that by keeping your money in the bank, you're not even keeping up with purchasing power. It's like it ain't. It's literally isn't doing shit, but getting waiting to get spent by you to Amazon. Getting scammed.
1: That's it. Right. <laughs> just getting right.
2: scammed. Right. It's a scam. It's all a oh,
1: scam. Oh, 100%. And I'll break down. I'll pull up, like, I have a little online calculator that I'll show people, what are your monthly fees? What are you, how much do you have in there? And we can break it down, and it's it's just wild. And then, you know, there are uh, some online savings accounts that, you know, have a, have a. they're called high-yield accounts, and they have a higher interest rate, Right. Right now, prior to COVID, those accounts were doing like 1.9%. So they were doing really well. They were almost keeping up with inflation. Mm-hmm. Currently, they're at like 0.5%. So Ooh, they're not yeah. keeping up, but they're doing better. So like, why not? Like, first, easy, simple step. Like, you've worked hard to save money. Say you have some money in a savings account. Like, let's at least have it do the best that it can for you. Right. Right. Because we need three to six months liquid. We know that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so let's at least keep it, you know, where we know it's doing the best it can for us. Yeah. You know, where's that? And then I'll break down, you know, (laughs) what is the difference between a Roth IRA, a 401k, truly from a tax perspective, what is what what does it mean? What are the limitations? What is what are the penalties? You know, what makes sense for you to have? And we'll go through that and we'll work it out. And, you know, then when it comes to risk management. Um, So like, do you have disability insurance? Do you have life insurance? Do you need it? Do you not need it? Mm -hmm. Um, And then investing short term, mid term, long term goals? Are we investing for something that you want to buy in five years, 10 years? Is it retirement related? Like, what are we working towards? Because we can't know if we're on track if we don't know what we're working towards, because Mm -hmm. people will come in and they'll say to me, like, you know, I want to save 20 grand. And I was like, okay, cool, for what? And they're like, it just sounds like the right number, you yeah. know, or whatever <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, but honestly, and that's, like, the reverse of, like, for me, why it's so hard to save because I'm like, well, what am I saving it for? I'm living life right, right now. Like, I'm supposedly going to always – and this is a, a younger me way of thinking this. I'm
0: always going to be making money.
2: <laughs> so, like, what am I saving it for? I mean, which most, obviously sometimes
0: that is your only option. I mean, there – I think sometimes in life, and I definitely went through to my 20s, where, like, I always tried to save money, but there was a time where I was making so, so little <laughs> that I was just, like, oh, yeah. yeah, it does come in and go out, and I need to accept that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's a lot. That was hard for me because I am very, you know how I am. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Like, wanting to save and pay off credit cards and stuff like that. So I do want listeners to know that we understand that.
2: Yeah. Well, well yes. I, guess I guess for me, it's it's, like, breaking it down to the very very beginning (laughs) well well, yeah but it's it's more than even that it's just breaking it down to the very beginning of why the fuck are we going to work why are we going to work is it just to pay for your rent is it just to put the food in your mouth or is it for a future is it for this other like this otherness and I guess like that's what like when you said that that's what hit me was like why are we even waking up and going to work you know, at yeah. the end of the day, there's got to be a reason for some people. For me, it was for a lot, you know, and it's not even just for me. I think that the lie is that you go to work to pay for the shit. Well, but what's the shit? What's the shit? That right. pa- you know what I mean? What's the shit that we're paying for? And you have to start naming those things. I, I think anyway, one way or another to get from where you are today to wherever it is that you want to be. And you should want to get from wherever you are to point B. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that by not kind of like naming those things, by not defining those things, you can stay in this weird fucking gray-ass limbo, which is America, <laughs> which is right? which is forever right. debt, which is forever not knowing and, and drowning. And so that's kind of yeah. why I'm just like, yes, girl! Name those things! What are we saving for? So I think it's a bigger I guess, like, answer to a question of just, like, what's it all for? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, Alex, I want to touch, too, on what you said about, you know, there is privilege involved in this. Like, I remember too, when I moved to New York, like, I moved here at 22 with $500. And I moved into my friend's closet, like literally (laughs) his closet, like you had to go through him and his girlfriend's room to get to their closet. And I assumed that like, when we made this deal, and it was the rent was $500 a month. Which to anyone who lives anywhere else, they're like, what? They're like, yeah, we
0: hear about literally living in closets, but didn't, I guess didn't realize it was literal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I was like, okay, I've got one month to find a job and make $500 for my next month's rent. But I figured that this closet, like they were going to empty it, right? Like that at least, like at least (laughs) I was going to move into like an empty closet. Everyone's bike was in the closet. Everyone's suitcases were under my like less than a twin bed. Like, and this I, motherfucker and was li-
0: charging you five hundred. Where is he now? We oh, can go truly find him. Still
1: a very good friend. Love him to death. <laughs> you know what? He was to trying to hustle lap.
0: also in New York City. I feel for yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: it's like you know, I remember like crying to my mom on the phone like two years into living in New York and being like, I'm never gonna be able to afford a bed frame. Like having this realization of like, oh, my God, am I ever going to get my mattress up off the ground, you know, and like, you know, there's such a for so long, it was like, paycheck to paycheck for sure. And, and you're in a cycle, and you're working and how do you get the resources? And when do you have the time? And, oh, my God, I wish I had had me access to me too, you know, just to even, even if we decide, and sometimes this is the case with clients, we realize like, you don't have the capacity. Right now to save, right? Sometimes that is that we identify that, or we do a budget sheet, and even worse, someone's in a deficit. Mm-hmm. We realize this is what you're spending and this is what you're taking in, and you are twelve hundred dollars short every month, and that's why you're racking up credit card debt. Mm-hmm. That we it validates in some way. I think it's validating to almost see that and then be like, that's why I'm in credit card debt. It's not because I'm, you know awful with money. It's like, I literally can't afford my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then we work from there. And then we work backwards, you know, and, and we identify like, does that mean that you're being underpaid for what you do? And you need to ask for a raise? Like, do, what does that mean? Does it mean that we're spending too much here? Or, you know, whatever it is, it, it's usually not a spending problem. A lot of times we have to go back to like, how much are you getting paid to do what you do? Mm-hmm. And can this empower you to go to your boss and say, listen, my lifestyle actually costs me this much and I need this much of a raise? Yeah. Yes. I am
0: tired of people acting like, oh, you know millennials have money problems because they buy coffee and lunch and and it's like (laughs) it's like okay yes i'm sure you can save some money cooking at home i've seen it with myself but i don't think that is always the answer Mm -hmm. i think that what you're saying is usually the answer
2: yes We're having this conversation right now. We had this conversation just this morning about, like, we're opening up this new place. Where is the pricing at? Is this pricing fair? And it's like, and we looked at each other and we said, it's not about it being fair. It's how much do we need to make to survive so that you and I can live in this neighborhood that we're building this beautiful place for so that we can live here also. And that if you say that to anybody, nobody would complain about paying what they paid if we said, girl,
0: this is so I can be your neighbor. Totally. But if we're just like, well, prices are going up $10, you know, right. people are up in arms. I'm not saying people are up in arms, but I'm sure there are some people. And Yeah, yeah I think it's, um. oh, well, I, w- <laughs> I said to Elizabeth, I'm going to get a tiny bit off topic, but I said to Elizabeth this morning, I'm like, God, I wish that I just, like, had the guts to post on my Instagram stories, like, hey, guys, this is why pricing is going up. Do you want to know why? Well, let me tell you my salary. Let me tell you what, <laughs> what I make, probably in comparison to what you make is a lot less, you know, mm-hmm. because... A lot of my clients do work in industries where it is commonplace to make a six figure salary, and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. That allows them to be able to spend the money to come see me and to live in our community. But um,
1: but you I, deserve the same. But I think you deserve right, to live I, here also. <laughs> I, I think that
0: what people don't understand is, you know, also especially in our industry, it's different. You know, I know I have friends who work in industries where it's commonplace to get a ten percent increase in their salary every year. You know, we can't get increases in our salaries unless we raise our prices. There's no other way. Yeah. There is literally right. no other way. Yeah. And so I really wanted to explain that on Instagram to be like, people, people, listen. Well, now you're Do really you want me here or not? Now they'll know. <laughs> because I won't be able to serve you within this community unless I live here because where the fuck else am I living that I'm going to commute to North Brooklyn. Right. It's so
1: real and it's so true. And like, yeah. you know, I, I work a lot with people on their personal and business finances um, and when it comes to the business finances, when it's your business, so it's your child, it's your baby, you built it, right? Like, a lot of times, my job is just to like, be there to take the emotion out of it. Yeah, right? like, like, okay, let's give you a 10% salary increase every year, like you would in a normal office, nine yeah. to five setting, let's do that. And then, you know, let's salary you, let's yeah. just salary you guys. You know, yeah. figure out what does that look like. Okay, well, and then prices go up. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, that's yeah. it.
2: That's it. It's there's you. You're so right in that there's this whole emotional aspect to mo- behind money, mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. drives. Everything. It drives purchases. It drives savings. It drives so much. And I
0: think for me, because money is such a source of anxiety for myself, I just assume that it is for other people. So Mm -hmm. when we had to, when we talked about price increases, it really, I mean, I was up last night for three days. We've been going back and
1: forth for three
0: days over, over like $5 also. You know, it was upsetting me, you know, to raise prices. Not upsetting. I do need more money because I live in New York City and I need to keep (laughs) up, you know, and it's not even like with fancy stuff, it's like surviving. Right now, yeah, we just put all of our money into this new business. I, I said to Elizabeth, I'm like, look at my roots. I can't afford to get my hair hair done until we open this location and I see money coming in, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't feel like, oh, poor me. It's just like, no, sometimes you have to, like, sacrifice a little. And, you know, what we're doing is awesome and I'm so excited. And I just wish that – um, or maybe people do understand and I'm just also assuming. But I want people to just understand – I guess how businesses work, you know, I like this therapy session. a lot of that people was just going in, like, completely well, because... personal. <laughs> because <laughs> no, <laughs> because I money. think a lot of people can relate. I think a lot yeah. of people get really fucking stressed out about money. And I think a lot of people get stressed out. Listen, like yeah. the place I go to to cut my hair, they did raise their prices after the lockdown. And for me, I was like, oh, shit, I'm making less money now because, you know, we were closed for a while, all this stuff. And it stressed me out for like a second and then I was like, no, I want to give her my money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I want to support her. She's in the same boat as me and you know what? I won't go out this weekend, whatever. So I guess my point is money anxiety is real for a lot of people on both ends. (laughs) The people who are raising prices to keep a business afloat (laughs) and the people who are paying those prices to keep the business afloat. And that's all I have to say
1: about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, Alex, I totally hear you and I think it's so real and I think that, you know, also like, Men don't. Well, I don't want to generalize, but I feel like men don't think this way, right? Because oh, like Elizabeth women are so right off the bat,
0: she was like, "A man would never, ever no. even like consider this a problem."
2: No, <laughs> they never bat an eye
1: because they're thinking like from a more analytical perspective Mm -hmm. which is like oh we our prices need to go up you know what i mean and like and and that's (laughs) the fact like it it, and and that doesn't make the emotional part not real but it's also like by you guys owning that and you talking freely about it like you're you give other people the permission to do the same right like same with your hairstylist doing it like by her doing it like it gives you the permission to be like Yeah, like, otherwise, what we all are just gonna struggle silently forever. Like, that's the other issue with this is that like, Mm -hmm. we don't talk about salary enough. We don't talk about money enough. We don't talk about that's how you have women in the workplace, making less money than their male colleagues. Mm -hmm. Because it's not talked about. I mean, Oh, I have, back when I worked in the music industry, I have stopped calls in the middle of a work call. If I found out someone else in the room was making more money than me and I had been there longer, Mm. happened all the time, all the time. I would stop. I would say, I'm not put, hold up. Mm -hmm. Someone explain this to me. Why? I trained him. Oh, I I trained him and he's making $6 more an hour than me right now. Because, and you made it. And that's better to be buying you lunch
0: every day then. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs)
1: I
2: was like, that's insane.
0: Uh-uh. Mm-mm. But, but why am I so? Why no? Am but I you're right. It's like it's like, um,
2: and this is kind of getting off topic, but it doesn't matter. I want to say it anyway because this fucking blew my mind. It's like working moms, oftentimes at the end of the day, are paying to go to work. Because of the cost of child care, yeah. because of the cost, like, child care alone, let's say, is $50,000 a year. Say you're making $55,000 a year. You still have to pay for clothes. You still have to pay for your fucking lunch. You still have to pay to get there. So at the end of the day, a lot of women are paying their jobs to go to work just so they can get out of the fucking house. That blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and not even that. So my, real. My
0: stepmom had told me that she, I'll have to actually really get the full quote from her, but it was something along the lines of, like the first year when she had my brother, her whole salary went to child care. But because she's in a job where she gets a pension, she didn't want to take off any extra time because wow. you have to work longer to get that pension, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of just fucked up you know, and she's working at a corporate company. Yeah,
2: and I guess that's a little bit off topic, but it's in the same topic of just talking about money things, just talking about these things. These pink taxes that really, at the end of the day, really, really affect us, really affect us as women, really affect the way that we look at the work, like, go into, like, it doesn't, and knowing that, I was like, that's why people, that's why women don't even go back to work. Because it's like, what, I'm going to pay you to go back to work when instead I could stay home with my child and at least, like, watch them grow up and be a part of their life? Like, when I learned that, it made so much fucking sense. I was like, it's not that women don't want to go back to work. It's what the fuck is the incentive to go back to work?
1: yeah and let me just like throw this (laughs) out there because this will blow your mind so my sister lives in montreal and she's like you know we all have dual citizenship in france so she went there for college because it's like you know they it's a lot cheaper if you have french citizenship anyway she's lived there forever um she had a baby during covid my niece will be two um december 2nd Mm. or one december 2nd sorry she's she's so cute her name's mila My sister's daycare in Montreal is, like, $6 a day. Yeah, dude, because that makes fucking sense.
0: I can't... $6 a day? (sighs) That's,
2: like, what? Dude, at the end of the day... All right, here's my own. I, I'm about to go off on a whole nother tangent, but I've I thought about this before because it makes me so angry. These huge companies, these uh, Walmarts and fucking Amazons and Apples, would rather store their money in the Cayman Islands than pay for childcare, which at the end of the day, it's tax savings. They would rather put their money in tax havens than reinvest it into the company in childcare which doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like the amount of women who are so passionate about their work, but are forced to choose between staying at the office longer or going home because ain't nobody there to watch my kids, I'm sure is great. And it's like, dude, just have childcare. It won't cost you anything else because it's going to go to taxes anyway. It's all going to be a fucking write-off at the end of the day. So why not just do it? Somebody smarter than me, please explain it to me please do you see
0: me like cuz they're not nice my temples right now i'm so frustrated i think we
1: need like people <clears throat> women like <laughs> people with women. empathy in in higher power positions yeah you know because because i don't know i also you know need someone smarter than me to weigh in <laughs> um for sure but you know maybe it's just like not something they think about like truly yeah. like you know like yeah. maybe it's just something that they they haven't had to think about because it's historically only been men or you know what I mean like yeah. I think that there's a lot of things like that that I noticed too even within my company where I'm like oh like for example like do advisors get maternity leave well they've never thought about it like they've never had to think about Because how long have
2: like women been wow. now uh females been advisors is that why this, yeah. historically it's always men yeah <sighs> isn't that wild. wild yeah that's really
0: wild it's wild it's really really I will say I was talking with a client the other day it's a slightly off topic of course but <laughs> she was talking about just some of the men in her industry and I was like this is really fascinating to me because I've been in this industry since I'm like 19 so I've I did work at that point I did when I was 19 I worked at a spa that was owned by a dude but other than that I don't work with men <laughs>
1: Yeah, ever. Wow. You know,
0: occasionally I'll have a male client, but I don't know what that's like. I've only been in this female in one of the very few female dominated fields.
2: Well, I mean, yes, but then it's also I heard this on um, I need to start shouting out the podcast that I listen to. because I always just say on a podcast. I heard this on Iway with Jamila Jamila. Excellent podcast. I recommend everybody listen to it. But she had this. I think it was a lock. It might not have been it might have been a different trans um, advocate, but they were just saying that. The way the patriarchy works is that there is a, a job that's outside of the home, which is like the financial job. And there's a job that's inside of the home, which is like rearing the family. And that's why LGBTQ plus feminists and the trans community are such a threat to them is because that busts up that narrative. If there's two people mm-hmm. outside of the house that are both working, then who's in the home taking care of the kids, which we all know, obviously, that's very one thing. As if a trans person or a gay person couldn't be at home watching the kids. That's beyond the point. But the point is that this is so (laughs) here I go again talking about the patriarchy, but it's so ingrained in the patriarchy that we don't even realize that like men should have had paternity leave the whole time. The fact that like right. what you said is like, oh, there should be maternity leave. No, there should be paternity leave, too. He should be at home. They should be home also with the with the child and with the mother, helping them out for their first few months or whatever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> maybe I want to go to work, Mitch, and I want my husband wanna... to stay the fuck Ugh. home with the kid. Right, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So Jesus
1: mad. Christ. That's so mad. Well, it's also like the 40-hour work week is like based around having a housewife at home to do everything else. Like mm-hmm. to do the dishes and to do the cooking and the cleaning and like you know, like my partner and I are always like, damn, we should get a housewife. Like you know, like <laughs> Yes. Yes. Like, I know. Exactly otherwise you we just eat takeout <laughs> yes. all the time and nothing gets done and we're both exhausted. And it's like, yeah, because like it's not structured mm-hmm. this way
0: yeah it's true i try to explain this to my husband whenever he's just like our apartment's dirty it's it's like stressing me out and i'm just like well we both work full-time unless we teach the cat how to fucking clean which honestly he should because he's, <laughs> he's home gotta, all day he's,
2: gotta start his he's <laughs> got to start
0: earning his ernie's we should at least teach keep. my cat how to turn on like the robot vacuum something. like something that i feel right? like he could handle
2: i mean he t- he costs you enough it right? does. I keep telling the dogs this too. I'm like, y'all, every time we go to the vet, it's $600. Y'all need to start earning your keep. <laughs> you need to. It's ridiculous.
0: Dude, if, if only, like, training a cat were possible, I would be fucking on it. First no. of all, I would – I really – this is a whole other thing. I, but I, I would love to it. teach him how to poo and pee in the toilet because That's then possible. at least we wouldn't have to worry about the litter box. Yeah. It would be one less task to do after working full time. That's true. Listen, I can't wait and for the that day I that I can flush. afford a cleaning lady. Yeah, yeah, yes. he'd need to flush yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> he yes. would need to flush it. Okay, let's get back to financial but anyway, services. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Yes, so. everyone th- – yes, that yes. is how life was designed. Yes. And so –
2: Okay, so how do we, I guess, wrap up this call?
0: <laughs> Since we just were,
2: like yelling about the patriarchy for the last 20 minutes. Well, I hope
0: that – okay, what I hope that this interview does at the very least is just inspires people to maybe take a look at – Especially if you're someone who's like always scared to look at their bank account or scared to look at your credit card account, maybe just look at it, look at what you're (laughs) dealing with, because sometimes that really is the first step. You know, when I've been when I've dealt with really bad financial anxiety where I'm just like, girl, maybe it's not as bad as you think. Or if you look at it, then it becomes reality and you can start working on it, whatever that means. Maybe that means you put an extra twenty dollars towards paying your credit card off every month
2: you know, it's just, never as bad as you think the The relief of having a plan is so much greater than the fear of the unknown. Totally.
1: A hundred percent. And sometimes I have clients too, like who on, you know, our client portal, they're like, they will link all of their accounts. And so like, I can see what's going in and going out. I like, and I don't watch. you know, it's I check them once a month for my clients who are like, have savings goals. And then I just like, text them and I say great job like you saved this much this month like amazing and then if they don't it's like I just say like hey what happened like let's should we change the plan like is it not fitting your needs or like did something come up or like whatever it is right and it's just like you then have someone like on your team you know like it becomes shared
2: yeah 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 it's nice to have somebody holding your hand that's just like look I'm here with you I'm not judging you I'm just here with you. I assume that you don't judge your clients.
1: <laughs> uh, that, it like, depends. No, <laughs> I'm <kidding. I> <laughs> no, no, never. I mean, I've been really blessed. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure. Like, I, I hear you guys talk about it too all the time. Like, it feels. I feel really, really lucky to have formed like the friendships I've had and like had people be so vulnerable with me. And yeah, I mean. It's crazy that some people, like, you meet a stranger and you just, like, you know, let them help you guide this, like, or, you know, let them tattoo your eyebrows on or, you know. Right, yeah, whatever exactly. Whatever it is, like, <laughs> I, it's amazing. It's yes. amazing.
2: Yes, it's so true. Um, okay, so will you tell our listeners how they can support you, how they can find you on all the places of all the places of the internet is what I was about to say. I'm gonna keep it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so I, I'll also just say like I don't charge for time planning or advice. Um, so yeah, don't. I always feel like I like to make that really clear. Like it's totally free to book a consultation with me, which is amazing. I like love that I'm able to offer that that service. Um, my Instagram. A lot of people follow me on Instagram. I share tips there. Also, my bearded dragon like makes a lot of appearances. Oh my god, Kendrick Lizard, he's so great. <laughs> Kendrick Lizard, <laughs> I'm dead. He's
2: cute. I've seen him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and my Instagram's Witch of Wall Street. Um, what do people do? Do they put their email? Yeah. It's Claire, C L A I R E, hyphen rose dot otron, A U T R A N, at nm.com. That's perfect. That's All right, perfect. there we go. That's perfect. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for chatting with us.
1: Yeah, you guys are like my biggest girl crushes ever. Oh, stop. <laughs>
0: hey guys oh hey hope you enjoyed that chat and i also hope that you learned a bunch i definitely did i think that money is just it's fucking stressful for a lot of people i know for me i have a lot of anxiety surrounding money and saving and god thinking about a 401k and retirement and all of that is just really overwhelming but i feel like there's hope don't you
2: yeah, for sure. I mean, I love speaking to women about money just because it's something that, it's like traditionally taboo and we're not supposed to talk about it. But I just I mean, feel like even as friends, yeah, it's like how do you learn if you don't, if you don't talk about it? You know, mm-hmm. how do you figure out like what's what you're worth? Not even what you're worth, but just feeling comfortable around talking about it. And I feel like that's why. Yes, yeah, so I know some people who are really comfortable about talking with m- about money and those are people who just have always spoken about it within their families and within their friendships yeah. and so it's not weird to them.
0: I think also thinking about like me and my friends, I have two friends who I openly will talk about money with. Like we know what each other makes, we know what kind of debt we're both in, what kind of savings we have if any. And I don't think that that's common. I think that people And whatever it's very personal you don't have to share that information even with your closest of friends but I think especially if you're someone who maybe is successful when it comes to money that it would be cool to just share little tips. For your friends?
2: I mean, look, if you read a great book Mm -hmm. and you knew that your friends struggled with reading, would you just, like, not tell them about it? Would you be like, oh, let me just, you know, keep all of my literacy secrets to myself? No, you'd be
0: like... You want to share
2: good info, I think. Yeah, or you'd be like, you know what, girl? Maybe, like, you know, reading is difficult, but you can get, like, an audiobook or there's podcasts or there's, like, different ways for you to take in this information. And I think that's the same thing with, like, money. It's it's all literacy. It's all understanding. It's all being able to, you know, uh, yeah taken information and it's you know one of the great cons of our life is the idea that we're all financially literate and it's a feature not a bug that they don't teach us about Mm -hmm. financial literacy Mm -hmm. in life you know so I think that it's up to us to really talk about this shit Dig deep and it's cool
0: that Claire I mean she did dig deep and that's how she even did this career stretch
2: yeah (laughs) switch yeah (laughs) I know what you were saying.
0: (laughs) But I said a word that's not even a word. Switch. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to us. We all got it. We all got it. (laughs) Not good with money and I can't talk. Um,
2: that's not true also. You are great with money.
0: Oh, I'm just cheap. Well (laughs) Elizabeth thinks I'm good with money because I'm cheap.
2: Well, the, but I guess that can be a good like thing. what's good with money? Do you know what I mean? I think totally, and I think that that's really like you know I was talking to my brother in law over the Thanksgiving holiday, and we were talking about like businesses carrying debt, and like, and, and I said like you know businesses all run on debt, but are they ever debt-free? And he was like, no, they're never debt-free, but they've got tons of cash also. And so it's interesting because, you know, there's this idea that, like, oh, you should get out of debt when, like, that's a lie also. All of these businesses, these huge multi, like, these huge businesses, they all run on debt. That's why the government's always talking about the debt ceiling and we need to increase the debt ceiling and what's our debt because that's how this world works. And if you don't talk about it and if you don't know that or if you don't at least share it, then we're all speaking different languages. And it is different languages, but you need to start, we all need, you know, look, I always say it. Spanglish is the official language of New York. You know, we got to have some official uh, literacy languages (laughs) 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 where we start to financial literacy languages, just smushing them all together, understanding little bits of pieces of crypto and personal and corporate and fucking
0: everything. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that's it. If you would like to find us on the social media... On the social media, where on the social media might we be? <laughs> at, tr- oh, I won't do on that. On the anymore. Instagram? <laughs> at, on the Instagrams at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast at gmail.com. You guys can tell us all of your concerns and your questions.
2: Questions and concerns. All of your comments.
1: Concerns. Questions what are concerns? your
2: concerns.
0: Do you have any concerns? I can be like, Yeah, I'm very concerned because you guys don't shut the fuck
2: know, up. I'm very <laughs> concerned that you might be poor oh my God. based on your financial illiteracy.
0: Yes, you should be concerned.
2: <laughs> oh, send us everything. I want to hear some stories. We've been having some really great listener letter episodes lately. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, um, any any questions you have about things that we know about, like skin, brows, body waxing, you know what but we know about. You can also ask us anything, and we can try to find someone who don't even knows ask a thing us questions. Just tell us stuff. How about you tell me <gasps> some stories? Tell us stories. Tell us weird stories. Yeah, you about when you were younger. Exactly. I love hearing stories. I sent Elizabeth a photo sent i texted it to her (laughs) a friend of mine texted our photos from our middle school yearbook so i was in eighth grade i must have been like 14 and i sent the photo to elizabeth and she was like it doesn't even buck. look like you. And you can tell I was definitely ironing my hair. And by ironing, I mean with a clothing iron, not yeah, a flat iron. Yeah, but she also iron. looks
2: high. I was like, dude, are you stoned in this picture? She's like, I was 14. But just something in your eyes are like weird and googly. Like
0: You just look like not like yourself. I, no, I was going through puberty probably and just like a weirdo. And when I say
2: weird and googly, I don't mean googly. I mean like they're like
0: heavy- like, you look stoned. It's because I'm smiling. If you notice when I smile, even though I have larger eyes, they're, like, gone. I have my dad. It's but weird. I have my mom's eyes, but also my dad. It's not a
2: real smile. That's what it is. It's like a get-me-the-fuck-out-of-here smile. Well,
0: yeah. I was, like, a gawky 14-year-old, and yeah. they're making me take a fucking photo. My yeah. bangs are all fucking ugly. My brows are... That's, what, ha- that's oh, what the, whole the picture thing is. That's what
2: the picture says. The picture says exactly that. Get me out of here. <laughs> I don't want to take this
0: picture. I do not like this. <laughs> but the best part is that I'm next to my friend ashley her photo's next to mine and we weren't friends yet Aww. we became friends the next year in high school our first period of the first day of high school we were in biology class together she sat oh, in that front was of me. ashley i
2: thought that was yeah. Lacey in that no. picture
0: and um we became really good friends. It's just funny. That is really funny. I saw a
2: picture of myself recently. not oh, my that I looked year. alike when we you were
0: younger. I swear to God. No, dude, I didn't look. I like, looked, no, I did not look. As no, bad as I you. looked
2: worse. I looked worse. Did you no, see what? that picture recently? No, with I me, think I with, like, worse. The,
0: the you had the. Glasses. Oh, the choker, the, the tattoo choker, ne- tattoo necklace. It tattoo wasn't even choker. a tattoo choker. It was a uh,
2: paperclip. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rainbow paperclip necklace. Wait,
0: I just had a flashback. <laughs> did you used to make chokers out of old pantyhose? Because I sure did. No. <laughs> oh my God. Did you? No, never, never, never. I, I used never to cut up old stockings thing. slash pantyhose <laughs> slash tights, whatever the fuck you call them. I feel like based on your age. Uh, and I would make it into what kind a of choker? choker. Like a see-through choker or would you like bunch it? I would bunch it and tie it in the back.
2: Was it? Were they like uh, it nude? It looked great. I
0: think I'll start doing it again. Were
2: they nude? Were they black? Were they black. white? Black. Oh, okay, this isn't so bad. Should I start doing it again? Yeah, go ahead. Tights are expensive though.
0: I was buying them at CVS. You were getting the legs and the egg. Legs. The legs that came yeah, in the egg. with a Z at the end.
2: This wasn't a Z. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it was three G's for sure. 17 G's (laughs) a couple Z's maybe there's really an S and I just made that up okay anyway that's enough from us okay guys we'll see you next time we love you Bye. bye
0: this has been a COC BK production produced by us elizabeth taylor and alex shapiro our engineer is bart tripoli our theme music composer is zebra sonic our artwork is by garrett ross if you're an advertiser interested in advertising on our show go to midroll.com slash ads for more information go to exactly seeking the truth never gets old